Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Let's try that again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Huge difference. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladheena astafa amma ba'd. Can I just ask those who are scattered around? There's going to be a lot of people today because it's the holidays. So if you can fill up the spaces towards the front, uh, if you can keep moving to, unless you've got an excuse and you've got a really bad back, um, that's different. But otherwise, if you can, and this is the general etiquette of coming to the masjid anyway. Back in the days when we were young, on the school buses, we go to the back seats. This is the masjid. In the masjid, front seats for the men, especially. Man taqaddama qaddamahullah. Whoever goes forward, Allah will always take you forward, keep you forward. Those who stay behind, Allah will keep you behind. There's a hadith that actually says that if you keep staying behind, you might even fall into Jahannam. Allah protect us. So when it comes to the matters of deen, hasten forward at the front as much as possible. The hadith mentions Allah's mercy is on the people of the front row. Three times he made dua. And then it says Allah shower his mercy on the rest of the people as well. There are so many virtues about being at the front and striving and trying hard. And anybody can do it. You don't have to be extra clever. You don't have to be of a certain age. You just have to try and everybody can try. Can we try? Okay, just try harder than you did yesterday. You're not comparing yourself to anybody else. Right? Not trying harder than anybody else. Try harder than yourself. And everybody can do that inshallah. Are we all going to try? And that's what this is all about. Trying to become better than we were. Not anybody else. Trying to become better than me. I want to try and become better than I am. Insha'Allah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladheen astafa amma ba'd. Fa'audhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-Nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima wa risaddu sharif. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim. Innaka hamidun majid. Allahumma barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad kama baratta ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim. Innaka hamidun majid. Once upon a time, there was a man. I'm going to tell you a story. It's no fairy tale. This is no fairy tale. This is a true story, a faith-based story, a story from the Quran. And this is how all stories start, right? Once upon a time. So we'll start in this way as well. And I want you to join me in this story, right? We're going to go through this story together. And I want you to learn this story as we're going along. Because today your task is not just to listen to me, right? We're not here for some kind of entertainment where we just listen in one ear out of the other ear. You're here to learn something. I'm here to learn something. We're going to learn something from each other, inshallah. And then we're going to carry this and take it back to our homes. We're going to speak about what we hear today to our families, to our children, and to whoever we see, inshallah. Yes? Right? So you've got a task. You've got a task. Right? And that requires you to join me on this journey as we go through this story. Are we, are we present? Are we here? Right. So once upon a time, there was a man. His name was Imran. He was an imam. In Masjidul Aqsa, and Masjidul Aqsa is in Jerusalem, which is in Palestine. Let me see if you've been listening. There was, I can't hear you. There was, there was a man. Very good. There was a man. His name was Imran. Doing very well, mashallah. So there was a man. His name was Imran. What was he? He was an Imam. Where was he an Imam? Masjidul Aqsa. Where is Masjidul Aqsa? 
Jerusalem. Where is Jerusalem? Palestine. You might be thinking, why are you stating the obvious? We already know Jerusalem is in Palestine and Masjid Al-Aqsa is in Jerusalem. You might know that because you're good Muslims, mashaAllah. But there are certain people today, as we are speaking now, in places like Saudi Arabia, some so-called scholars are sitting down and discussing this topic, trying to divert the attention of the Muslim world. And they are trying to say that the Masjid Al-Aqsa mentioned in the Quran is not in Palestine, not in Jerusalem. It's somebody else, somewhere else. The Shia of Iran also say that the Masjid Al-Aqsa mentioned in the Quran is not in Palestine, it's in the heavens. We believe the Masjid Al-Aqsa which is mentioned in the Quran is the one that's in Jerusalem which is in Palestine. That is Masjid Al-Aqsa. So once upon a time there was... Oh guys, you've forgotten already. Once upon a time there was a man. His name was Imran. You know Surah Al-Imran in the Quran? Surah Fatiha. Then Surah Al-Baqarah. Then the largest surah after that is Al-Imran. Right? Huge surah dedicated to this story that we're talking about now. Al means family. Imran is this man that we're speaking about. Family of Imran. Who is this man that Allah speaks about in the Quran? Such a chunky surah dedicated to this particular family. Who could this be? So there was a man. His name was Imran. What was he? Where? Masjid Al-Aqsa. Some of you guys aren't, aren't joining in. I'm going to start again. Every time I see someone not joining in, we're going to start again. Right, there was, I can't hear you guys, there was, his name was Imran. What was he? Imam, where? Masjid Al-Aqsa. Where is Masjid Al-Aqsa? Jerusalem. And that is in? Very good, mashallah. Then? Oh, we didn't do that part. Okay, right, let's, let's do that now. Imran was married. Wow, mashallah. Okay, so Imran was married. His wife's name was Hanna. Imran was married, his wife's name was? Hanna, very good, mashallah. So Imran's married, his wife is called Hanna. Hanna had a sister. Her name was Fajr, Dahar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. Easy way to remember. Okay, her name was Isha. Okay, so Hanna's got a sister. Her name is Isha. Isha was also married. I don't hear him saying, ooh, right? Okay, so he's also married. What's her husband's name? Prophet Zakaria alayhi salam. We're forming this family. Al Imran is coming together. Right? So once upon a time there was a man, his name was Imran. What was he? Imam. Where? Masjid al-Aqsa. Where is Masjid al-Aqsa? Jerusalem in Palestine. Very good. Hanna had a sir. Imran was married. His wife was Hanna. She had a sister. Her name was Isha. Her husband was Prophet Zakaria alayhi salam. Okay, let's carry on. These two sisters, which two sisters? Hanna and Isha. Very good. Hanna and Isha, they didn't have any children. Now when you get married, honeymoon period is over. The next natural desire of a couple is to have children. But when it comes to children, I can't think, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have five kids. I'm going to have two kids. I'm going to have ten kids. It's not up to me. Who is it up to? Okay, we try, we do whatever is within our capacity. At the end of the day, the giving of children is in the control of Allah. Allah speaks about this in the Quran. To some Allah gives only girls. In some families, we've got like five sisters, four sisters. To some Allah gives only boys. To some Allah gives both boys and girls. You might have brothers and sisters. And sometimes, through the knowledge of Allah, through the wisdom of Allah, through the compassion of Allah. Remember, Allah is all compassionate. Allah is more fair than you are. 
you might think this is unfair. No, that Allah is much more fair. Through His fairness, through His rahmah, through His wisdom, through His knowledge, because He knows and I don't know, He chooses sometimes not to give children to some people. This is Allah's knowledge. Allah knows and I don't know. I want it, I desire it. But the knowledge of Allah, the wisdom of Allah, the compassion of Allah is above all of my desires. So what happens now is these two sisters didn't have any children, but they continuously prayed to Allah. They prayed to Allah. They prayed to Allah. They didn't give up. They had hope and they carried on praying. And one day what happens is Hannah, she's making the dua and she realized that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had responded to her in the way she wanted. Allah was always responding because he's Al-Mujib. Allah always responds. But sometimes we want Allah to respond in a certain way at a certain time. So the way she wanted Allah to respond, she experienced that she has conceived. And she's going to how now? She's carrying a child. Isn't that good news? After so many years, right? And this is life. In life, this is what happens. Sometimes you have the most amazing news, like exactly what she wanted, she got. Simultaneously, at the same time, something really sad happened, really tragic, something very traumatizing. And that was her husband, Imran, passed away. So this is life. You can't always be happy. Where is the place where you can only be happy? Only Jannah, not Jannah, only Jannah. Where is the place where you'll only be sad? Jahannam. This world, you're going to have both. That's what this world is all about. You can't always be happy. If someone tries to always be happy, right? If someone's like, sometimes a child is playing up, like smile. Don't force somebody to smile. Just don't say, be happy and I'll give you something. That's not how it works. If someone's sad, allow them to be sad. It's a natural human response. If you don't allow them, then they're going to fake the smile and inside they'll still be sad. Let the sadness come out. If somebody is happy, let them enjoy the moment. But we as Muslims should know the world is a place where you've got happiness and sadness. And this Quranic story tells us very clearly something amazing happened. She conceived. At the same time, her husband's passed away. Like this child is going to come into the world without a father. How sad that is. But that's the reality of life. Anyhow, so she has this baby. And sorry, she's not had the baby. She's conceived. She's so excited that she makes a vow to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah loves this woman and Allah loves this family and Allah loves this story so much that he's mentioned it in the Quran. If Imran, minni. When the wife of Imran said, Oh Allah, Oh Allah, this baby that is in my stomach, in my womb, because you've given this to me, I'm so appreciative. I want to dedicate this child for the service of Masjid Al-Aqsa. Do you know how Masjid Al-Aqsa is under occupation now? In those days, there was fear that there will be an occupation. Some bad, evil people were going to take over Masjid Al-Aqsa. So she wanted to have this child who will grow up to fight away the occupiers, to defend the Masjid, to stand in the face of any enemy, that causes any kind of problems or desecration to Masjid Al-Aqsa. And this is the vow she makes. And what happens? Time goes by and she delivers the child. Now she thought she was going to have a boy, not because boys are better than girls or anything like that. 
Why? We just, I just mentioned to you now, what, what was in her mind? She wanted a child to protect, to save God, not just to pray or to serve or to worship or to take care of or to teach in Masjid Al-Aqsa. Women can do all of these things like we have in our Masjid Alhamdulillah. But this was a different role altogether, a role of a warrior, somebody that's going to fight away the enemies when they come to occupy the masjid. And the, the baby was born and it was a girl. And she chose to name the girl Maryam. And she made a special dua for this child. Now this girl, Maryam, was given a very, very good upbringing by a single parent. Single parent. Quran speaks about single parents. Maryam's mother, the most amazing woman to step foot on this earth is Maryam, without a doubt. She was raised by a single parent. It can be done when you've got the right support and network and you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can create individuals like Maryam. And she was given nabatan hasana, a very good nurturing and upbringing. And the mother Hannah looks after her, treats her well, and she's a very pious, very truthful. One of the things about Maryam was she always spoke the truth. Quran says his mother, meaning the mother of Jesus, was very truthful. Anyhow, when she becomes of age, she remembers the vow that she made that she's going to dedicate this child for the service of Masjid Al-Aqsa. So she takes Maryam, comes to the Masjid and the Imams of Masjid Al-Aqsa start fighting one another that we want to look after her. We want to look after her. Now, time doesn't allow me to go into the intricacies of the story. So I'm going to press fast forward now and I'm going to rush through it. So you need to follow on, hold on tight and let's carry on with the journey inshallah. Up until now, you've been trying to memorize, try to continue inshallah. Because you're going to go home today and share this story with everyone that you see. What happens now is the Imams start fighting one another. We want to look after, we want to look. Allah selected Prophet Zakaria alayhi salam to look after Maryam. وَكَفَّلَهَا زَكَرِيَّ كُلَّمَا دَخَلَ عَلَيْهَا زَكَرِيَّ الْمِحْرَابَ وَجَدَ عِنْدَهَا رِزْقَى Quran says in Masjid Al-Aqsa, there was a special room dedicated to Maryam. That is where she would live, stay and worship. Nobody entered that room besides Zakaria alayhi salam. Every time Zakaria alayhi salam comes with a tray of food, he would bring the food, knocks on the door, he goes inside, the food is already present in there, in particular grapes. And grapes are a winter fruit. And this was summer. This was actually summer because Quran speaks about the dates ripening and it was a time of the harvesting for the dates. So it definitely wasn't 25th of December, by the way. So, it, so you, you, you've got these dates there. So this is summer, prime summertime, right? Or late summer. And then you've got Zakaria salam bringing the food in. And every time he comes, she's got grapes. Now, when I say winter fruit, summer fruit, you guys are like, what are you on about? Right? Grapes are a winter fruit. They didn't have fridge, freezers, genetically modified food in those days, pesticides. So you, it was impossible in any part of the world where it was winter, where it was summer, sorry, to find grapes. So not only did she have food and provisions, she had an item which is not possible to be found in any part of the land where it's summer at this moment in time. And that was a winter fruit, grapes. Check it when you go home. Grapes. Okay, now what happens is he enters and he says, Maryam, anna laki hada. Where do you get these things from? How did you get this? What did she say? This comes to me from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Zakaria alayhi salam being a prophet of Allah was so impressed 
so influenced by this whole scenario and it just gave him a refresher and a reminder on this time on this occasion in this place Zakaria said oh Allah you gave her something that was impossible we thought it was impossible you know if you look at the word impossible split it the I and the M and then possible it's not impossible it's I'm possible I'm possible that wasn't impossible he turned to Allah and said oh Allah my hair has gone gray my back has bent over I'm crooked now my bones have become weak my wife is barren he was almost a hundred his wife was almost 80 something we didn't they didn't have any children but oh Allah if you can do this of course you can give me a child as well and his desire for having children was the same purpose for the protection of Masjid Al-Aqsa. Quran tells us, He turns to Allah, Oh Allah, whenever I have prayed to you, Oh Allah, whenever I've made dua to you, Allah, you've never let me down. He's like almost a hundred years old. All his life he's been praying for children and he doesn't have any children. And this is the way he speaks to Allah. Oh Allah, you've never let me down. And you always listen to my prayer. And what happens? Zakaria is praying. And whilst he's praying in his mihrab, an angel calls out to him that Allah is giving you good news that you're going to have a child. It's going to be a boy. We're going to name him Yahya. And this is the first Yahya to be born in the world. So now what happens on one side, we have a girl called Maryam. On the other side, we have a boy called Yahya. Now what happens, Maryam comes to an age where she experiences her monthly cycle, during which we know girls and women cannot remain in the masjid. So she leaves the masjid area, Masjid Al-Aqsa. She goes to her family home, which is towards the back. Those who've been to Palestine, we've, we've, we've taken you down into the caves. It's a surreal experience where you go down, you feel the cool mist in your face. You go down into the cave and you experience the house of Imran, Hannah and Maryam, where she was actually born, just outside Masjid Al-Aqsa. And she went there. She takes her ritual bath. And as she's getting ready, Jibreel comes. Now imagine a woman who's never intermingled with any man before, had a very noble and chaste upbringing, never had any interaction with another male in that kind of a way, lives inside the masjid. As she's getting changed, Jibreel appears in the form of a complete, perfect, beautiful human being. She goes, A'udhu Billah. Quran says this, A'udhu Billah, get away from me, what are you doing? Why are you here? And he says, calm down. I'm not a human. I'm a messenger from Allah. I've come to give you good news that you're going to have a baby. Me, baby? No man has ever touched me. I don't want flirting around with other people. How am I going to have a baby? He said when Allah wants to do something, He just says, be and it is. Be and it is. Nothing, nothing is difficult for Allah. And saying this, he blew into the sleeve of Maryam and immediately she conceived. She's now expecting a baby. And she starts thinking to herself, how am I going to show my face to the people? She starts showing straight away. Many of the scholars mention, many of the scholars have said, not all of them, some of the scholars have said that her con conception, pregnancy, the, the, the labor and the delivery all happened in a very short period of time. It wasn't an extended nine months. 
So now she's showing. She's thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to face the people? So she starts running away. Remember, this is the most pious woman in the whole world. Her iman was rocky high. She had a very strong connection with Allah. But in the most stressful moment, even she had some thoughts, I wish I was dead. Even she had a kind of a suicidal thought. She wasn't thinking of hanging herself, right? She didn't get to that stage. But she actually desired that, you know what? I wish I was dead. And her iman was rocket high. Many a time when someone's falling, feeling low and, you know, not feeling so good and they might make statements, we kind of brush it under the carpet and say, you know, get hold of yourself. Go and pray. They're already praying. They pray more than you do. They're already making dua. They already pray five times a day. Don't spiritually bypass people. There's a way of dealing with people. And the Quran tells us over here that she, despite her iman, felt like this. She just needed some intervention. She needed somebody to speak to. And she had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't directly deal with Allah. So we should speak to somebody when we're feeling in that situation. May Allah protect us and help us. So what she does now is Allah speaking to her, conversing with her, telling her not to worry. Things will be fine. Everything's going to work out. Take it easy. The labor pains became so intense that she went towards the date palm tree. And Allah told her, shake the tree and the dates will fall out. Eat the, eat the dates and drink from the water. And baby Jesus was born. Jesus, who is Jesus? Jesus, the son of... Do you know, two weeks ago, I teach a class of five, six-year-olds, about 19 of them. And I said, Jesus is the son of... Without a lie, every single one of them said, God... And a few of them, a few of them, okay, they were a bit more clever than the first lot. So they said, no, no, Allah. So said, no, not the son of God, the son of Allah. Okay. These are my children. These are your children. These are our children. Hours and hours and hours of going through the nativity play. We live in a Christian country. Our children go to Christian faith-based schools where Christian is a dominant religion. That's fine. Okay, you're watching all the movies, Christmas Chronicles and whatnot. That's understandable. We're living in this country. We have to understand the culture of the people, the religion of the people. That's perfectly fine. No one's debating that. But how many times during this festive period have you sat with your children and spoke to them about the Islamic narrative of Jesus and Prophet Isa How many times have we done it? Because this is, if you want to really know what your children are saying and believing, I'm giving you a true, a mirror reflection of exactly what happened. I just generally, I just said, Jesus is the son of, and they all said God, all of them, without any difference. Every single one of them. Anyhow, this is why Quran repeats again and again, Jesus, the son of Mary, Jesus, the son of Mary, Jesus, the son of, wherever, Isa ibn Maryam, Isa ibn Maryam, Isa ibn Maryam, all over the Quran. Anyhow, Isa alayhi salam is now born. She comes, she carries him. What are people going to say? Allah, again, intervention. Just point to the baby and the baby starts speaking the cradle. What does the first thing he says? Qala inni abdullah. I am the servant of Allah, not the son of God. Anyway, the people, eventually what happens? Isa salam again has a mother, single parent again. Single parent again. There's no father here. There's no Joseph here. Okay. Isa salam didn't have a father. Single parent again. 
and she brings him up, gives him a good upbringing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a young age decides to make him a prophet. And Allah informs him that there are some people, particularly the Jews, what they did was they changed the Torah. They made the halal into haram, haram into halal. They deleted some lines from the book of Allah. Jesus, Isa, you need to speak up against this. Whenever anybody speaks the truth, Whenever anybody speaks up against tyranny, oppression, wrongdoings, they are faced with opposition. People turn against them. People try to taint their reputation. And this is exactly what happened. They said, we need to kill him. The longer he's alive, our positions are under threat. We are going to become exposed. So let's do away with him. So now they send, they go to the governor of the time and an assassination order is sent for Jesus, Isa alayhi salam. At the time, Isa salam is with his disciples, the Hawariyin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs him. That's what we have in the Quran. Although they plan, Allah also plans. And Allah is the best of planners. Jesus, Isa, Allah is informing you that they are going to try and assassinate you. And this is our master plan that we're going to raise you to the heavens. Isa in one narration says to his disciples, who's going to volunteer themselves for the sake of Allah? One of them said, I will. Immediately, his face started to change into that of Isa He starts to look like Isa In the presence of the Hawariyin, Isa is now lifting up to the heavens. He goes up and he goes up and he goes up and he up and up and he carried on. So far until the Prophet tells us on the night of Mi'raj, when I went to the heavens, on the second heaven, I met Isa And today as you and I speak now, Prophet Jesus is alive in the heavens. In the second heavens, he's there now. And close to the end of times, he's going to return. We'll come to that in a moment. So what happens now? The soldiers, they barge in. They take the man who looks like Isa It wasn't Isa and eventually what they do is they crucify him on the cross. Quran is very, very clear. They did not kill Jesus. Jesus did not die on the cross. Quran says very clearly. Jesus was not crucified. Rather, he was lifted up to the heavens. And from Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah, we believe towards the end of times, Isa salam is going to return back to the earth. His hands will be resting on the wings of angels. Either this will happen in Damascus or it will happen in Masjid al-Aqsa. And the Jal will have surrounded the Masjid with his whole army, about to defeat the Muslims. And Imam Mahdi will be leading the Salah. Isa salam will come and he will pray the Salah. And when the doors open, they will see the Jal and his army about to eat up the Muslims. When the Jal will see Isa salam, the hadith says he will begin to dissolve like salt dissolves in water and he will run and Isa salam will chase him and the chase will continue until they get to a place called Lud, which is very close to the Tel Aviv airport in Palestine. And this is where Isa salam is going to slay the Dajjal and kill him once and for all. Then he will go and break all the crosses. All the crosses because he will say to them, you know, Quran says on the day of judgment in front of everyone, in front of everyone, Allah is going to call Isa salam. Jesus is going to be called in the presence of everybody. And Allah will ask him a question. Jesus, Jesus, did you go around telling the people to worship you and your mother? Did you go around telling the people to call you the son of God? And Jesus will reply on the day of judgment, Oh Allah, 
How dare I say such a thing? I have no right to say such a thing. Never. I didn't. This people assume this. People made this up. I never said this. And the Quran concludes this story by saying, This is Jesus, the son of Mary. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Go home today, share this story with your families and revive the Islamic spirit. We've been hearing the story of the nativity. That's what they believe and that's fine for them. But we are Muslims and this is the Islamic narrative. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a true understanding.